Welcome to the HR Chat Show, one of the world's most downloaded and shared podcasts designed for HR pros, talent execs, tech enthusiasts, and business leaders. For hundreds more episodes and what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And joining me on this episode is Margot Crawford, founder and chair over at Business Sherpa Group, or BSG. Margot is a Canadian thought leader on small and mid-sized enterprises, including SME leadership, succession, and strategy. And she values knowledge sharing and often speaks both as a keynote speaker and a panelist for national events. And she was named Businesswoman of the Year, Women's Business Network, and HR Professional of the Year by the HR Vision Awards. So she's uh, she's had all the accolades. She's a pretty cool person. I'm delighted to have her on the show today. Hey, Margot, how are you doing? I'm great, Phil. Thanks very much for having me here. So I'll be on my reintroduction there, Margot. Why don't you take a minute or two and tell our listeners all about yourself? Well, I'll keep it pretty short, even though it's been I've been around for a while. Fundamentally, I'm an HR professional. Um, I live in Ottawa, and I've grown up here and work primarily in Ottawa. And uh, that's sort of my professional background. Personally, I've got two grown kids, husband, and uh, just really enjoy living here in Ottawa. From an HR side, you know, I've been working in the field. I just say now over 35 years, I stopped counting after that and uh, started out in corporate HR and and technology and then moved into the public sector. But from 2000 onwards, I've really been an entrepreneur, Bill. Um, You know, I co-founded a technology company with a couple of engineers. And, you know, I was all about building the business, which obviously the most important role in that was building the team and getting foundation set up for that business. Built and grew that company, expanded it and had, uh, you know, sites all around the world. We did lots of financing and, and so on. So I was really deep into the business operations. We sold it back in uh, 2008 and really was that experience that led me to form current company, which is Business Sherpa Group. So Business Sherpa Group, we formed back in 2008. And our mission really is focusing on small and mid-sized enterprises. So typically under 50 employees, which by the way, is like 95% of employers in North America and in Canada, and really helping them with those core critical functions, obviously starting out in HR, which is where I came from. And, um, Establishing that function part-time inside of all of these businesses because the need wasn't full-time. People trying to do HR in those were businesses were not typically HR professionals. They were someone doing it on the side of their desk trying to figure it out. And, and really by not having a good, strong professional function in the organization, it creates drag on the performance. Eventually, the team feels it, the leadership feels it, and the business feels it that you need to have real um you know, strategy around your people. So that was what Business Sherpa Group was all about. We expanded that beyond um, HR and moved into finance, strategy, IT, and, and other areas. So that has been a super fun um, ride and, and uh, it's been going on now 15 years. Uh, most recently, in the last couple of years, I've moved into sort of my next chapter where I'm still involved with some clients, but I have other people running BSG. We have a fabulous leadership team. And I've moved into what I call the chair role. So still involved in the business, but I'm actually back doing some fun stuff with some clients directly. Um, So that's been really fun over the last couple of years. So that is 
a really quick, quick, quick snapshot of, of uh, like I said, 35 plus years. Uh, fundamentally, I love business and I love the challenges and the opportunities around getting the people equation right in that business and figuring out how it really makes all the difference around uh, how organizations or, pro or for private businesses perform. Thanks for tuning in to the HR Chat Podcast. If you're enjoying this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. And now, back to the conversation. Okay. Uh, wow. I, I can feel your passion. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, because it makes for a much more engaging podcast episode too frankly um, okay let's talk let's talk uh, specifically around leveraging ai for hr functions in, mm. in small and medium-sized businesses margo uh how can ai fuel tech enhance hr functions within smbs and as part of your answer please discuss the potential applications of ai in such areas as recruitment uh, employee engagement talent management performance evaluation that's a big one for us uh, we like to talk about performance evaluation on this show a lot and workforce analytics yeah absolutely um so it's, it's interesting bill because when we think about ai uh you know it's been around for a very long time and ai has already been present in the hr function in all of these areas that we're talking about with some of the tools we're using but of course with the entrance of chat gpt it's taken another completely different lens and tone and 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 seeing different possibilities and um uh you know in preparation for this i mean obviously i've got my own experience and thoughts but i actually did some digging around and sort of seeing what thought leaders were talking about ai and it, and it's really interesting because if you do if you look at it most studies and and so on are prior to you know uh 2022 even and i thought well they're probably not recent enough <laughs> You know, they've missed a big sort of surge of when we introduced ChatGPT in November. But whether I really see um, HR embracing AI as they already have is just taking it to another level. So there's a ton of areas. Uh, some of the big ones that are coming out that, that are somewhat obvious, but I think um, can go even further is around recruitment as an example. You know, uh, when you think about there's just a lot of information out there that's available, a lot of data, a lot of uh, profiles, and just that whole screening process. We can imagine how AI is going to become more and more sophisticated around sourcing candidates, um, you know, getting through, you know, millions of possibilities. Um, but I think what's really cool, and this is where I think AI really plays into HR through all of the areas, is this ability to engage differently. So you can imagine someone applying and they're an active candidate, fine, they've gone into your ATS and yes, tools can help you screen those with, with um, keyword searches. But now you can go further and look at perhaps even passive candidates. Maybe someone's just explored your website, they haven't applied at all, but now you have AI being able to detect that and perhaps engage real time in a chat chatting way with a possible candidate saying, hey, I, you know, I saw that you were, you were taking a look at it. Is, you know, any interest in exploring things further? So I think, you know, the idea of, of reaching out and finding talent has um, expanded tremendously and will expand tremendously. But then when I think about, um, when I think about HR and I think about the whole employee experience from just early on applying to, 
you know, the experience they have through that, you know, recruitment process and how you can engage them. But then you take it into the realm of onboarding and thinking, okay, now we've hired someone. How can we obviously take massive amounts of information, get somebody the information they need to be effective on day one, but then continue to engage and feed them information through their first, you know, 30, 60, 90 days and further. So that effectiveness of the employee is enhanced, but also you're engaging with them much more personally. So I think HR has a real role to look at how are we going to um, engage differently and much more proactively based on insights we're now able to gather through AI. We'll talk later about the risks and the ethical issues there. But, uh, you know, when you start thinking about uh, training and development, or uh, we'll get into performance management as an example, you know, that ability to have predictive analytics based on what is being detected um, in terms of performance, just in terms of work activities going on, even discussions that are taking place, emails, et cetera, and sort of understanding more clearly where is an employee at in terms of, um, you know, where they're expected to be on a skill level, um, but also, you know, on the, uh, you know, ability to interact with teams and so on. Like, are they engaging enough? Uh, you know, do they seem to be checked out? Are we seeing other sort of indicators either of burnout or maybe low performance or performance not tracking where you would expect it to be. And being able to get in front of that, you know, where HR, you know, historically has had to pretty much wait for a manager to identify a problem with an employee. And now we're coming in at a later stage trying to help, you know, uh, you know, work through that issue. So imagine in HR that you have this ability before a manager even knows it to be able to say, you know what, you know, we're sort of seeing some potential trends or patterns here that'd be really good to get in front of, have discussions early. Like I said, think about much more customized training and development that might support that employee. Um, so just to me, I think it has a great opportunity to create a much more customized experience for that employee. So in terms of engagement, that caring about them, both from you know their work, their work activities, their poor performance, uh, but also their wellness and 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 sort of being on top of that and trying to intercept, perhaps intervene a little bit earlier. Um, and and frankly, I mean, really, that's where you're going to. That's where you want to be. You want to be able to intercept those those um, those potential issues or concerns early, so that you can re course correct. And this is a long answer, Bill. So I, I I'm going to pause because there's a whole bunch of other areas, but. I don't know if any of that's resonating with you, but those are some big, big areas. And it's all around being able to detect patterns with the information, the communications, the behaviors that are happening online. Once in a while, an event series is born that shakes things up. It makes you think differently and it leaves you inspired. That event is Disrupt HR. The format is 14 speakers, 5 minutes each, and slides rotate every 15 seconds. If you're an HR professional, a CEO, a technologist, or a community leader and you've got something to say about talent, culture or technology, Disrupt is the place. It's coming soon to a city near you.
Learn more at disrupthr.co. As part of your answer there, you did touch upon uh, the fact that we will be looking more at the ethical implications of AI adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to do that with you now, actually. Um, okay. But uh, uh, I'm going to switch switch things up, and I'm going to challenge you for this one to answer in 90 seconds or less on this one. Okay. Other things. Uh, so in 90 seconds or less, Margot, please, can you provide some insights into some best practices for ensuring that responsible AI adoption uh, is mm-hmm. happening? Um, and uh, you can go wherever you like with that. You know, I, I did an interview recently with someone who uh, who started a company that they they audit the um, the AI of recruitment technologies. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for example, uh, so just give us a bit more about um, what some yeah. of those best practices could look like, and also how the HR department can help mitigate ethical risks. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll be quick on this, but I think that um, that it's going to be very, very important for companies. And I think this is a role for HR to really think about starting out by having a bit of an ethical framework. You know, that's very aligned to your values and thinking about where do, will we use AI? Where will we won't? What will the boundaries be? And so on. And, and how does that align to our values and uh, really be thinking about that? And I think being very forward thinking about transparency. You know, and to me, transparency is being clear about why, when, and how you might be using AI. And employees are aware of this. And and really, there should be informed consent because if you're going in and tracking every bit of someone's human behavior at work, while you have that ability to do that, I think that being upfront about that, um, so they're aware. Uh, Obviously, there's going to be training on how to use and, um, and thinking about, you know, protocols to think about um, intellectual property and so on. Uh, One thing that I think would be very, very useful is to really think about, um, uh, you know, you are monitoring what could be unintended biases that happen in the algorithms. I think that's a big concern. Uh, You know, the algorithms are created and are there biases? So the idea of going in and monitoring, like you were saying, auditing them. So I think that human monitoring of what's happening and making sure those biases are not uh, entering into uh, the system. I'd like to now get your thoughts on how the how the rise of AI will will impact the workforce, particularly SMBs. In, in the context of maybe you could talk a bit about upskilling and reskilling initiatives um mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and also i'd love to hear your predictions for any any future jobs because yeah. uh, i'm asking i'm asking this <laughs> of people all the time at the moment um i, I think if you've, you've got a great answer to that one you can make loads of money because nobody really knows but um they don't yeah. it's really challenging i mean i think it's one of these moments in times where there'll be jobs that arise that we just can't conceive of you know and uh we're gonna have to wait and see to a certain degree um but i do think actually ai i mean i'm you know i think it's got its risks i think but we've technology has come into our society at many eras and has always created some sort of threat but you know i think there's a huge opportunity and especially for smbs where you know technology has always been a great leveler in the playing field that ability to improve your processes think about how people work leveraging the power of technology and uh you know being able to do more with less increase efficiency reduce areas and let the humans focus focus on you know the abstract problems the strategic issues and so on 
that's where I think AI is really going to play out for SMBs. The challenge, of course, is for small companies. It's always been capacity, you know, to have the time and the people to adopt these positive changes, to try to go through the journey of change. It's just really difficult. So that's where the challenge um, lays in. We found that at BSG when we were doing a lot of digitization, really around the start of the pandemic, that companies realized they needed to get onto some of these platforms and technologies around processes, but they just didn't know how to go about doing it. So we were really involved in helping them get there. Um, you know, I think in terms of the roles, uh, that's going to be really interesting. I, you know, I think obviously that there's going to be roles around, um, you know, specialists, with it, whether it's AI specialists who are, you know, uh, AI engineers or machine learning and so on, uh, people who know how to take information and, and use the tools and be very, very um, precise around crafting the questions and the prompting to get the right information out. So I think fundamentally, every role has the opportunity to be changed. I think the real question is what, uh, what jobs are going to go and which jobs are going to come. I think the bigger question is what are, how are current jobs going to change? And I think there's great opportunities for change. So when we start thinking about people who have parts of the roles, and, and I think most roles have these, um, where there are routine uh, tasks that need to crunch a lot of information and data um, or produce materials that are just, you know, we've already said, we don't want to, you know, reinvent the wheel. What can we produce from something already that exists? And that already happens without the support of an AI tool that can help us get there. Um, so I think that there's going to be uh, a lot of areas around uh, those roles and focusing in on, okay, where's a micro task where we can really use AI? And then where do we need the human in the loop, you know, to look at, um, okay, how do we take that information and make sure it's relevant, it's correct, but then be able to connect it to the other decision-making that we need to make. Um, so I think that those are some of the areas that, you know, uh, small, mid-sized businesses can really look at those work activities and get more out of their people and actually more out of the brain power of those people where they're not doing kind of the, like I say, the routine sort of don't have to think about it much, just have to get stuff done. Well, maybe that's where AI can really buy them back some time. And I think that that's really, really uh, critical. HR, I think, is going to be very, very important in this and helping managers conceive of these things and think about how do we take roles and leverage technology and then, then think about how you're going to use your human intelligence in a more effective way. Um, you know, you might have people then who are able to grow in their careers because they've got more time, more capacity to be doing higher thinking activities. And to me, that's where you start thinking about building the potential of your people by unloading some of those routine tasks. So that's kind of, and, and I really think HR has a central role in that um, to help organizations strategically think that way, but also managers, how they are going to look at their own departments and, you know, uh, the old answer of, I just need more people, right? You know, when things got really busy, and that was not very cost effective, obviously. And it's always telling managers to sort of rethink, can you repurpose jobs? So this is this is going to really help that. So that's where I think HR has a hugely strategic role to play in leading 
workplace transformations, organization structures, thinking about succession and developing people and leveraging AI underneath all of that. I didn't give you a good answer for the new jobs, did I though? <laughs> I guess I'm not really clear where they're going to be. I think there's going to be a lot on training around AI and how to use it in these ways and, and really helping the discovery. You were recently involved with a panel, Margot, focused on, on succession planning. You guys looked at how businesses can build values by or build value by navigating business transitions mm -hmm, with, mm -hmm. with, with stronger succession planning. Can you take a minute or two and, yeah. uh, and tell us more about that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's actually an area that I've really got involved with, Bill, since I've kind of moved into this next phase is, is really helping businesses think about, in many cases, it's transition. And when we think about small, mid-sized private businesses, many are trying to think about how do they even exit their businesses and what is transition. But it goes beyond that. It was really looking at when you really think about transition of a business, whether that's someone selling it or being bought by another company or going through you know, a, a major transaction or even just going through a business pivot. You want to do it in a way that the underpinning business is solid. You don't want it fragile by not having good, clear um, visibility to where your leadership is going to be now, but also in the future. So when we think about businesses that are exiting, you know, they're thinking, oh, I only want to work, you know, two more years in this business. And, and they're just already thinking about how am I just going to sell it? And they're, they're thinking about those um, sort of mechanics and options, you know, how am I going to get some money or liquidity out of the business? And fundamentally, when I talk to these businesses in my own experiences as well, you know, the first thing you have to be thinking about is your succession, your leadership, who is going to be the next leaders. And that doesn't just happen at the top level. That goes right through the organization where you're thinking about how, and it's not just redundancy, it's also knowing that you're grooming and growing that potential from within. That doesn't always happen. Obviously, sometimes you have to hire externally, but the strength of the business is really around that leadership and the strength of the teams underneath them. So if someone's coming in to look at your business, let's say someone was thinking about buying it. Um, you know, they have a whole bunch of factors and obviously they'll do a valuation based on numbers. But the other things that create value or erode value are things like this and saying, well, this is fine, but if we buy this and this person goes, there's no one leading the company and it's not going to perform. So really stabilizing the business by having clarity around your leadership and your succession right through the organization is what actually keeps or even enhances the value of the business. And what's worse is when you don't do it, it actually erodes the value. You'll, you'll get less money for it, you know, to put dollars around it. Um, aside from just the business deal, you have to think about the people. And in small businesses in particular, where people might not see career paths for themselves. There's just not as many opportunities. You know, when you start showcasing what the longer term succession plans are and how people can grow potentially into leaders and even owners of the business, you know, that's where you can really create long term loyalty, engagement and, you know, sort of discretionary effort and wanting to, to win. So I really feel strongly around succession and how important it is to business performance, but also in terms of obviously the team. So uh, it's an area I'm really passionate about and it's a really problematic area because people think about it way too late. 
you know, they should be thinking about it five years in advance of any potential sort of uh, transition, if they can. That doesn't always happen, but, you know, if you can and do it in a planned way, you really have to be thinking about it that far out. Margot, we are at the end of this particular conversation, I'm afraid. I'd love to get you on again in the near future. Before we wrap up, just very briefly, how can folks connect with you and learn more about Business Sherpa Group? Yeah, connect with me or anybody on the team at Business Sherpa Group. I'm at margo at businesssherpagroup.com. There's three S's in the middle middle of that. Um, And anyone on the team, obviously, on the website. And the website is uh, www.businesssherpagroup.com. And as I mentioned, what BSG does is we really focus on supporting the small and mid-sized businesses in the HR functions, finance, recruitment, talent management, um, even some IT work where you really don't have that that function operating in a professional way in your company. And we we can come in and really support that, become part of your team and excited to do it with any type of business at all right across North America. Wonderful. That that just leaves me to say for today, Margot Crawford, thank you very much for being my guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thanks so much, Bill. Happy to be here. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thanks for listening to the HR Chat Show. If you enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe and listen to some of the hundreds of episodes published by HR Gazette. And remember, for what's new in the world of work, subscribe to the show, follow us on social media, and visit hrgazette.com.